that's the kind of things that I find. Cool. And how I don't does... find them. I mean, people have them already. It's just <laughs> I help them see them. Like, I don't, we don't go on some kind of like forage for them. <laughs> <laughs> I have visions of you digging under trees trying to find yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Thing. They're not like truffles. Yeah, you have to like, you know, sniff them out and stuff. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodd and I'm co-presenter. And today Joe is interviewing Lucy Whittington of being a business celebrity. Joe and Lucy first met at a seminar about six or seven years ago and then went to another together in San Diego before they both got over their seminar addictions. Lucy is always very open about how high maintenance she is when she travels and Joe can definitely vouch for that, remembering that Lucy, trying to coach her at the hotel reception and how to get a room upgrade, she also remembers having to get up at some unearthly hour every day to ensure that they were in the queue for the front row seats at the seminar, always a high achiever. Lucy is a manager of business celebrities. She helped people find their thing and get famous for it. She used to think that she was a marketer and technically she still is but really what her thing is is seeing other people's thing and showing them how to use it to stand out and get noticed with a supercharged business. Her mission is to get as many people doing their thing as possible. She says the world needs everybody to be doing what they are brilliant at and not what they are good at. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Lucy Whittington from being a business celebrity and author of Find Your Thing. So hello Lucy, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. We've known each other a few years now, so but we haven't spoken for ages, so I'm going to be looking forward to catching up as part of asking the questions as well. <laughs> so tell, tell us a bit more about you, what you do and where you do it. So I help people to find their thing, which is uh, a real job, honest, I made it up. Um, my background in marketing and my interest has always been in business and helping people to you know, stand out in their market and get noticed. And, and, but I don't really want to just help people get famous for just anything. I want them to actually get famous for doing their thing, the thing that they're brilliant at. So what I do is I help people who um, are either starting their first business or they've started a business but kind of know that it's not their thing it's just something they're good at to really find that thing they do that's brilliant and then help them with all the kind of marketing and business and strategy and all the fun stuff that goes with that well fun if you're me <laughs> not, yeah. not fun for everyone but I find that bit fun so 
And just to, talk, to position that, when you talk about what your thing is, what, what are some examples of the things that you've found for people? Or with so, people? <laughs> sometimes people are doing something completely different. So I've got clients who, you know, were doctors and are now coaches. Um, I've got people who've worked in corporate marketing who are now health and wellness coaches. Uh, that one's quite a funny story because... Uh, the per that person's last job was at Coca-Cola, so that's quite a shift in, <laughs> in what you're doing. Um, but also I work with people who've realised that the thing they're doing might be what I call their jam. So it's something that they're really, really good at. So one of my clients was really, really good at being a fitness trainer, but actually knew that there's more to feeling fit and well than just you know the exercise and actually there's more ingredients that kind of go around this jam the thing they're brilliant at that create a bigger cake obviously get the irony talking about health and wellness but uh, you know another example of that is um, someone who was running a marketing agency and knew that when they went into businesses even if the marketing plan was brilliant they didn't always do it so in the health example with the fitness you know she now talks about sleep and what to eat and other activities and how to chill out and also the exercise and in the marketing example it's now about bringing the right energy into a business so it's looking at their vision and their strategy and someone owning the projects and communication inside the business so that when they get the marketing plan they actually make it work so that's the two kind of options really it's either something that you've had as a hobby or an interest or just a way of doing what you do now but you know there's a better way to do it or maybe there's more things around it that make it get a better result that's the kind of things that I find cool and how do does... I find them I mean people have them already it's <laughs> like help them see them like, and we don't go on some kind of like forage for them <laughs> <laughs> I have visions of you digging under trees trying to find yeah, that exactly. thing. They're not like truffles. Yeah, you have to like, you know, sniff them out and stuff. It's <laughs> it's it's something that people already do that's brilliant and most people totally overlook it, do it without thinking about it, filed it under common sense somewhere and very very often don't charge for it. And how does that manifest as far as how you work with people and where you work? Well, I'm either at home in my very nice office. I live by the seaside and I'm, I'm pretty smug about that. I usually mention it. I'll mention it at least five times. Um, but I live by the seaside and I work from home because I like to be able to take my kids to school and hang out with them and go and run around on the beach and that kind of stuff. So I'm either working at home um, on Skype or online. Um, I'm on Facebook probably too much, but, you know, it's all business. <laughs> and I'm connecting with people. I'm networking. But if I leave the office, um, I like to work in nice places. I'm, I'm unashamedly high maintenance. So, for example, if I do one-to-one -one, um, sessions with people, VIP days, I actually hire a really posh boat that's moored at the marina at the end of my road. So I go and hang out on a nice boat for a few hours. Um, if I'm running my retreats, it's always a really nice spa hotel because that's where I like to hang out. Occasionally I have to go and speak at someone else's event and, you know, the venue's not quite as posh. Um, but <laughs> and then that's because I haven't chosen it. But I think, you know, I, I like... I like to be in nice environments. I like to be surrounded by, you know, nice rooms, nice light, nice energy, have nice food. Because why wouldn't you if you get to choose? Absolutely. So when you're not gallivanting, what, how, how do you set your day up? You talk about taking the children to school, so I'm sure that's part of it. But do you have a, a routine that sort of gets you into the day and gets you into the work side of things? 
Yeah, I I need my alone time. So um, anyone who has small children knows that you have to do that while they're asleep or out of the house. Um, there's no chance of doing it while they're there because within at least two minutes we'd be like, Mom. Um, so where possible, I try and get up before everyone else, like an hour or two before everyone else wakes up. Um, I like to get up. Uh, it's harder in the winter when it's dark. But I like to get up. I like to have some time to myself, you know, make myself a, you know, a cup of tea or you know, chill out, do some writing, maybe the writings for myself, just some journaling, some ideas, um, write down some kind of notes, just kind of have that time to myself to kind of get all my thoughts in order, um, you know, whether they're kind of more personal thoughts or whether they're like, right, what do I need to get done from a workplace, just kind of get that time to myself to get focused and centered and grounded. Um, if I'm you know, if I'm feeling like a little five minutes of quiet, I might do a meditation thing. Not every day. I'm not, you know, I then don't do eight hours of yoga and all that kind of stuff. But if I need, you know, it's very practical kind of grounding, finding some space, getting organized for the day. Um, and, and if not, I'll at least have, you know, five, ten minutes where I just, before I kind of launch into everything, I'll just kind of get settled. Mm. So even if it's just five, ten minutes of just writing a to-do list or checking through what I've got to do, um, I really try not to look at emails, Facebook, anything like that until after I've got back from the school run. Yeah. It's very it's disciplined. You get distracted. <laughs> <laughs> you get distracted and you go into work mode and, and you really need to be in remembering PE kit or, you know, music things or what sport is it that day mode. So it's better to just, I'd rather just focus on the kids until they're gone. And then the minute they're gone, <laughs> straight into work. <laughs> Yeah. And and is is there more sort of routine there or is it literally just whatever the first task is? No, I tend to I tend to do things on different days. That's worked really well for me. Um I, I have different days where I do different things during the week. So um for example, Mondays is the day where, you know, we have team meeting on a Monday. Um I'll I'll do some writing that needs to get organized for you know things that will go out later in the week on a Monday. I might have some conversations with people that I need to get stuck in. So that's a kind of get organized, get stuck into my business, do some writing, get things done day. Um, I have a corporate client that I do work for um, and they have like their own days of the week as well. So if I'm, if I'm focusing on like one uh, bigger client, I might just, that's what I'm doing that day. And I don't deal with any other stuff because, you know, it can wait. And I kind of get, you know, you get your head into a different, uh, mode. Hmm. Wednesdays are very much my delivery day. So I have um, programs where I work with people where we have group Q&As every week. So, you know, there's programs where I'm helping people finding their thing. And then there's also um, my kind of ongoing, you know, let me help you with your business thing. And they happen on Wednesdays. So then I'm in that mode of kind of, you know, answering everyone's questions. Um, I'll do my newsletter and writing. And it, so it's, so I'm in that mode that day. And then again, Thursday, Friday might be meeting with clients, um, doing one-to-ones, doing other focused writing. But I, I try and, I try and have like a theme for the day, yeah. so I know kind of what mode I'm in. So I'm either, you know, if I'm going to do loads of calls, I'd rather do them all in one day than have the odd one here and there, because I find that really, um, kind of breaks up your flow. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I do much, much the same. And I guess that's why we're talking on a Wednesday. <laughs> why we're talking on a Wednesday. Correct. Excellent. So what about in the evening? So the sort of finishing work and, and winding down into uh, evening and, and then sleep. Do you have any particular routines for that? 
Um, I, I consciously try not to do screen stuff too late. I consciously try and have a break between, even if I do, I don't do that much work in the evenings. Um, so I'd rather do it earlier in the day. But if I do have to do, you know, an hour or two of catching up or writing, I try and have some non-screen time before bedtime. Um, so I do like to read. I've recently discovered grown-ups colouring in, and I'm quite into it. Um, I don't know whether that's a, a cool thing to do or not, um, but I, I really like it. A, a client actually bought me a, a grown-ups colouring in um, book as a, as a gift, and I was like, hmm, because I'd seen them and I thought, no, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, <laughs> what's that all about? What's that all about? You know, it's that kind of mindfulness colouring in. But I'm really into it. I really like it. So, um, so I kind of go and steal my kids' gel pens, and you know, I quite often, even if the the TV's on or I'm listening to something, I quite often have a little bit of colouring in, chill out. And I am completely not a domestic goddess in any way, shape, or form, but I strangely love ironing. <laughs> I find ironing very relaxing. Uh, please don't all send me your ironing now. I don't want to do any more than the, than the, <laughs> the, the large amounts I already have for my own family, but I quite like. You know, having something on TV and doing a bit of ironing and something kind of, you know, very methodical and relaxing about it. Mm. I know. Mm. Um, but I just, you know, I consciously try to either just, you know, watch something, you know, stick Netflix on or, or read something. But I actually will read before I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. So I won't have, like we don't have, we only have one TV in the house. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, we don't, we don't do the whole fall asleep watching TV thing. No. It's not good. No. For your brain. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I do like to read. To be fair, sometimes I'm that tired, I'll read about four pages. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Excellent. So, um, I don't have a problem going to sleep. I'm one of those people. Like, when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sounding quite sort of mindful um, as far as doing some activities that are quite calming. I'm, I'm with you on the on the colouring thing. I, we'll have to swap notes on pencils later. <laughs> Gel pens the way forward. Gel pens the way forward. Trust me. <laughs> so it sounds like you have very busy days, and the fact that you're not working in the evening would lead me to think that uh, that you're managing your time well during the day. How do you do that? Play, well, play, please I tell have... us. <laughs> well, you, you say that. Like, to be honest, I've learnt the hard way. I'm not a super organised person. I will try and do a thousand things at once. I very much if left to my own devices, will do things at the last minute. So my secret ninja tips are hire other people to organize you. So <laughs> I have a PA, I have a project manager, uh, I have other people in my business who organize me and help me get things done. And also just knowing that other people are taking care of things or even just knowing that there might be a hundred things to do on my to-do list but I only actually have to do three of them today and not keep worrying about those other 97, that actually really helps. So whether you have to do that, you know, whether you just do that on your own and know that, well, you know, I've got these 100 things to do, but these are the ones I'm going to do today, or you just know that someone else is going to take care of them, or they're just going to keep them away from you <laughs> <laughs> until you need to do them. Um, you know, that's why I have someone managing all my projects as well. But I think it's, you know, if we all tried to do everything we needed to do every minute of the day, then we would all freak out. And so I just try and have as many tactics as I can to, um, you know, it's almost like the, like, look, even if I have to just stuff it in the cupboard and I can't see it, like, 
yeah. knowing that it'll be dealt with when it needs to be dealt with kind of approach works for me if I'm honest it's like I don't I don't, you know I don't want to miss deadlines I need to get things done but if other people are helping me make that happen then that's all good as far as I'm concerned mm. I think that's a real key point that piece about not feeling sort of emotionally bogged down by all the stuff that's still outstanding sort of thing and how you yeah. choose to to make that happen whether that be putting it all on a to-do list or giving somebody else the the job or as you say stuffing it in the cupboard um, yeah. I think is really important yeah I mean not stuffing the cupboard to ignore it just you know having whatever system you need to only give yourself small pieces of you know things to do or piece of information or learning or whatever it is at a time mm. makes a massive difference because otherwise your head's just too full of thinking about all the other million things mm. to even focus on the two or three things you've given yourself yes yeah exactly you know whether you get other people to help you with that or you do it yourself that to that to me the whole head clearing thing makes a massive difference I mean mm. you can't do everything so you know it's good idea to not, <laughs> not try and attempt to do everything yes but. yeah exactly so what about um tools or apps or anything um that you use to to help you to do things better or quicker or whatever obviously we've got outsourcing as a as an option are there any things that you particularly use that you'd recommend well my team <laughs> use team. my team use though no, I mean Google Calendar is we run our lives off Google Calendar mm -hmm. um, down to you know we have different colors in the calendar for like what I'm doing what the kids are doing um, all things like that so everyone can everyone's got visibility of what everything everyone's doing and everything do even down to that you know my PACs when I've got you know parents evening or there's a little show on at school and things like that so you know and things we need to remember for for the kids so I'm a massive fan of, of Google Calendar. Uh, we use a we use I don't know if it's an app or an online. I don't know. I, I think I have got it as an app on my phone, but I log into it. It's not my department. Um, <laughs> but we, we use Teamwork. We use a, a program called Teamwork that handles all of the to-do lists for all the different team members, and that's what we use as the basis of our team meetings. Um, you know, it's not an app. It's an actual thing. You know, we all actually jump on Skype every Monday and run through everything that that we're doing and needs to get done and who's looking after each thing anything that gets everyone who needs to know knowing about what needs to get done even if it's just a list you share with your other half or whatever you need to do can make a massive difference of just everyone knowing what's on everyone's plate mm. I think that makes a big difference and um, to be honest we use we use a lot of Google Docs to share information or share, you know, lists and spreadsheets and project management stuff. We try not to overcomplicate things. Personally, if you make it too complicated for me, I won't do it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if I've got a massive learning curve to understand how a system works, I probably won't use it. So it's always best to go kind of, you know, <laughs> what do we already know that we can just like up a notch to make accessible to everyone or, you know, use reminder lists and things like that. Um, mm. then that's what we really do but honestly it's like anything it's not how fancy the app is it's are you going to use it or have you got someone who can use it on your behalf yeah you know it, it for me it's about any good software meets people where they're at doesn't try and retrain them to do what they do in a completely different way yes that's a really key point so um yeah so i kind of leave that to my team to go right we're using this now and it's really easy you just have to click this okay <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll do that 
Um, but yeah, it's just about, you know, even simple things like as a team, we have a Facebook group because we're all on Facebook most days. So if there's something that we think we should look at or is an idea or, so, you know, we just go and stick it in the Facebook group and then we know we've all seen it. Yeah. It's not rocket science, but it, you know, because we all know we're all on there most days, it's a place where we all know we'll all see it at some point. Yeah, that's a Whereas, good one. It's not one that's been um, recommended up to now. So, um, yeah, it's, you know. just one, it's just one of those like, hang on a minute, why don't we just put it on here? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and that's the thing. I think sometimes it's like, you know, forcing people to, you know, we, all of us sit at our desktops most of the day, you know, and if we're out about on our phone, we also, you know, have the Facebook app. So rather than having another app, to just have it in there made sense for us. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, ironically, having worked in software marketing for a very long time, um, <laughs> I try and keep things as simple as possible. But then to me, that's always the beauty. Anything that's really, really good is usually very simple in my head. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, to me, that's the beauty of brilliant engineering is if you can simplify it to the point where, you know, you almost can't see it working, then that, to me, means you've done a good job. Mm. Yeah. And then we go back to Google, <laughs> yeah. or at least that's I what we're intending. Yeah, you know, that's where we already are, and I think that's it as well. It's about, you know, where is everyone already? So what's going to be easier for us um, to actually use? Because, like I said, it's about using it to make it work for you. You know, it can be as fancy and complicated as you like, but if you're not going to use it, you know, no, no. not bother. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, that, and Google's a good example with that because I used to use uh you know word and excel quite a lot and then i picked up google a bit for on the google drive using you know their spreadsheet and 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 word documents um but i didn't really like them the functionality i didn't think was good enough but over time i've started to use them more than the excel and word uh yeah i very rarely do. i still oh, use word yeah. for, for write for writing yeah um but but they're sort of harder to access aren't they yeah, but pretty yeah. much every worksheet, uh, you know, every spreadsheet I use will be um, in Google now. Mm -hmm. Partly because it's easy to it's share and partly sharing. just there, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. So much easier. Mm. So outside of work then, um, or maybe inside work, you, you might tell me, what, what sort of things are you doing to relax and keep healthy and, and sort of make sure that you're, you know, you've got enough energy to do all this work that, uh, <laughs> that we've been hearing about? <laughs> it's interesting because I, that's something I'm very conscious of. A lot of people ignore it, but I'm very, very aware that in order for, you know, part of me being able to do my thing really well is for me to be as, you know, healthy and in good energy as possible. So, you know, there's the kind of mindfulness, spiritual connection side of it. Um, I have my woo-woo moments. <laughs> and there's also the kind of physical eating exercise side of it that I'm very aware of. It also helps that I have quite a few clients who that's their thing. Um, so, you know, I can never really not pay attention to it because I'm very interested in what they're doing. And actually, um, it's one of my clients who introduced me to metabolic balance, which is how... Uh, how we now eat in this house well the kids kind of do <laughs> the kids still love their carbs because they run around a lot but um, metabolic balance is something that really helps answer all of those questions about like you know what is actually good for me what's not good for me what is my body like because it just it's all scientific you have your blood tests it works out what your body likes and doesn't like and in what combinations and it really just helps your body to 
work the way it's supposed to. Um, so, you know, we follow that eating plan. It's brilliant. You get to eat loads and it's all good food and it's all really nice. And, you know, we're both, um, I, I have a metabolic age significantly lower than my actual age. <laughs> In my 20s, I am metabolically, which I'm very happy about. Um, and, you know, it just works for us as an eating plan. And it's all the stuff you know anyway. It's like, you know, the more processed something is, the less it's going to be good for you. Um, and it's just about finding what works for you. But it is something that I, we consciously pay attention to. Like, I consciously pay attention to drinking loads of water. I drink loads of herbal tea. I actually don't like coffee, which is handy. And also, me on caffeine would be frightening for anyone. <laughs> um, that would be too much for the world to cope with, I think. Um, but, you know, I consciously make sure I get exercise. I consciously make sure... like. For example, where I can, um, you know, we'll walk or bike the school run. So even if it's, you know, it's like 20 minutes each way if we walk it, but, you know, it's it's getting out, getting some fresh air. I, I love boot camp on the beach. I do that every Saturday whenever possible. It's a kind of love-hate thing, you know. kind of hate it, but I kind of love the smug feeling I have after. <laughs> I always feel that smugness when I read your newsletter and you've got pictures of it and you're saying how you've been doing it because it's the last thing I'd be doing. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's a lovely group of people. Again, it's like anything. It's finding what works for you. Like, I love to go for a walk. You know, I'd rather go for a really brisk walk along the beach. Um, and yet, you know, um, my husband runs. He'll happily just trot out for a 10K two or three times a week. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I'd rather do anything than do that. Hmm. But that's his, his, you know, his exercise thing. It's like, find what you like to do. If you like to dance, do that. If you like to jump on your bike for a couple of hours, it's just finding what you like to do, but making sure you do it. Yes. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they were saying exactly that, that they and what both of them being fitness trainers over the years and how they've changed what they do considerably mm. based on that very thing that pushing yourself to do stuff you don't want to do is of no use to anybody anyway. Yeah. Mm. It's like mm. it's better to go out for a walk for half an hour every single day than go and do, you know, one exercise class that you hate once a week. Why yes. would you do that? Yeah. But I think it's just about being aware that if you are your business, Part of your responsibility in running your business is to look after yourself. Mm, mm. You know, I can't do my thing if I'm not well. And therefore, you know, I can't make a conscious effort to do some exercise. I'm not a fanatic by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, if you ever saw me at boot camp, you would see that that is clearly, I'm clearly not an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> but I do it because I know that. You know, it's making my body stronger, it's making me healthier. I like being outside. I'd rather go for a big walk, you know, along the beach or in a, in a park or something. Just, you know, go and have a run around in the woods and things like that. I'd rather mm. be outside and just go for a walk for two or three hours than go in, be in a gym with no windows, you know, and, yeah. and get sweaty for half an hour. I just, it's not, I'm not a big fan of that. No. But, but I still make sure that I am moving somehow. Um, I haven't quite got to that point where, you know, you get one of those treadmill desks yet. I'm not sure about that. But, you know, but even that, I can see the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I do. I have a stand-up desk, but I am currently sitting down, so uh, maybe I'm not following it enough. <laughs> <laughs> so what about um, learning and improving yourself and, and uh, you know, moving things forward? You sound like you probably do quite a lot of that. What sort of things would you recommend to improve yourself or how you uh, improve yourself, should I say? <laughs> I think... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I've pretty much cured myself of my seminar addiction, so that's good. <laughs> me too. Uh, <laughs> you and me both. Like, I think, I think what's really important is, 
is you recognize what you need to know next or what you don't know at the moment. Um, so I, I used to be very much like, oh my gosh, I need this latest magic bullet special thing, this person knows it. And, and I've got a lot more confident in, look, I do things my way, I know what works for me, uh, I, I, you know, I know how I like to do things, and I, and I really look more for skills gaps now, or just to deepen my understanding. So rather than feel like I'm missing things, I now go and look for new things that interest me. So I might think, oh, I'd love to know how to be great on video, or I'd love to know how to be a better speaker, or I'd love to know how to, you know, tell stories better, things like that. That would be something that I would go and look for and, and learn um, from a person whose thing that is, rather than feel, you know, because there's a thousand different ways you can market and <laughs> do everything. Mm -hmm. You know, everything in life has a thousand different ways of doing it. And I think, again, you can create overwhelm in yourself just through being in constant, like, well, until I've learned all thousand of them, I don't know which one I'm going to do. Mm. And I very much like, you know what, I know plenty already, um, but I'm going to enjoy learning new things. So I'll either, you know, I'll quite happily watch a webinar about something if I don't know about it yet, but I won't feel I have to watch every single webinar I get invited to. Um, I read, like, it's well. I'm, I'm kind of looking around my office, going, mm, "It's like a small library in here." <laughs> <laughs> I read a lot. I love to read, but I know also that if I'm going to do new learning, I'm very much I have to be in the room person. So, having bought several of them <laughs> and <laughs> always got to about class two and then never done anymore, I know that online learning's not how I learn best. Yeah. So I'd rather just go and spend a day with someone, or you know, sit in a room or attend. Uh, an event or a retreat and, and do it that way because I know that's how I will learn best mm -hmm. but everyone's different you know some people need a coach to point out to them what they already know and give them confidence other people need a mentor who can give them all the shortcuts and has been there before them and it's just about recognizing what you need and also how you learn best you know I've stopped myself buying loads of online courses because I know I never find the time to do them yeah. And yet if I, you know, book a ticket to go and be in a room with someone for a whole day, I stay there for the whole day, I do all the work, I, you know, get loads from it. Mm. Yeah. So it, it's really just about um, being okay that you're never going to know everything. That's the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I personally have just chosen to learn new things as they interest me um, rather than from a place of feeling, you know, fear of missing out. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big distinction for me. Because yeah. also, when you learn from that place, you know it's the never it's a never-ending quest of there's always something else to learn. Of course, there's always something else to learn, mm. but enjoy it rather than panic about it. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good piece of advice. So you talk about reading a lot. So have you got any mm. books that you'd recommend, and and perhaps move on to films and music if there's anything particularly there for for people to learn or inspiration, enjoyment, just just enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> well. Obviously, I'm going to recommend my own book. This yes, is embarrassing. This is your moment. <laughs> oh, look, I've written a very good book called Find Your Thing. And uh, I would highly recommend that to anyone who wants to find their thing. As would I. Of... I've read it too. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of reading, I think, again, it... It's, it's important to recognize what you need in that moment. Sometimes you need a book of instructions. Sometimes you need more of a story 
that helps you see where you're going wrong. So I don't actually have one book that I recommend. I mean, I love people like Seth Godin. I love his books. Um, he's always got something fabulous to say. One of my friends and, and clients, actually, Jennifer Manson, writes the most incredible books, both storybooks and kind of, I guess they're more like philosophical books. Um, she's the flow writer. She's brilliant. She writes amazing books that even when they are fiction their storytelling books and you start running parallels um, to what you're doing. I, I think it's always important to read a book that, that just resonates with you, where you are that, in that moment. That sounds really woo-woo, doesn't it? <laughs> I think if you read the wrong book at the wrong time, you, you know, some books read like they're a set of instructions, which may mean you're not reading them properly, whereas other books you can read and go, oh, it's like they're talking to me. And I think that that just really depends on where you are and what you're doing. Like, you know, I've had a bit of a theme about simplifying things recently. So I've, you know, I'm completely obsessed with uh, Marie Kondo and her, you know, her tidying, magic of tidying. Still not represented in my office, by the way. But, you know, books around kind of clarity. Um, I love, you know, I love people who have a simple idea and give you practical ways of making it happen rather than only talk around the idea because sometimes we just want to know how to do it yeah um so i love books like that but yeah really for me it's about knowing what you want to do next and kind of and also not to not to take every single process and system verbatim as well i think that's a problem that a lot of has is that you read something and you think that's the only way of doing it. Or then the new book comes out and you're like, oh, I've been doing it all wrong. I need to do it this way. <laughs> and, actually, and actually, just take what you want from it and, and blend it up with all your own stuff. Sometimes we're very worried that we don't have anything different to do or to say. But actually, for most of us, like, this happens when I talk to people about their thing. They think, oh, but I haven't had that eureka moment where I've invented something brand new. And it's not ever about that. It's about taking everything you've ever learned, heard, understood, filtered, you know, had a thought about, and just bringing it all together and presenting it as your opinion mm. and your way of doing it. So, no, I'm not going to give you one book. Okay. Apart from mine. <laughs> so, I, I think that's making it too simplistic. Sorry. But you did put some, other, some recommendations in there, so I have got some from you you can speak through those but you know yeah yeah. 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 but yeah I I think it's important that with everything I don't think there's one answer to anything Mm. so it's just Mm. about you know picking up ideas where you find them yeah Yeah. cool so what about on a day when things don't go right how do you deal with that well there's always (laughs) cake isn't there (laughs) I knew you were gonna say that (laughs) cake does help obviously now I make you know amazing sugar-free metabolically and balanced cakes <laughs> no i'm only i'm only have cake on treat days actually to be honest um when things go like everyone has bad days you can have a bad five minutes you can have a bad day i mean sometimes you can have a bad week but it's for me it's usually just about perspective like if you're in the middle of something and something's really you know riling you or it's just not working then honestly the best thing you can ever do is to you know walk away and come back later whether that's, you know, go and have a cup of tea or eat. Like, honestly, when you're really, really busy and freaking out, like, sometimes the best thing to do is to go and do nothing for half an hour. Like, go for that walk or, you know, go and make a cup of tea or go and do the ironing. <laughs> <Or go> and, <laughs> just sometimes it's better to walk away and then come back. So when you come back, you just, 
you either see the problem or you fix it. Most of us have the ability to fix all our own problems. We just it's very hard to do it when you're very angry or you're very, you know, fixed on the problem. Mm. It's it's always best to give yourself some kind of diversion tactic, I find. Go off and do something else and then you'll be like, Oh, I just need to do that, don't I? Or you know, or or just put it in some perspective. Um as to like how bad is it really it's like okay so it might seem like a bit of a disaster and that's broken and that's crashed and this isn't working but you know unless someone's died or something really bad's happened it, everything's fixable it might take a bit longer it might cost a bit of money or it might do anything so I think if you always have contingency whether it's a case of you know whether your contingency is someone else can look after the kids for a couple of hours or you can get up a couple of hours earlier or you've just got a bit of money you can pay someone else to fix it you know whatever the the problem is if if you build contingency into your life um, there's usually a way of dealing with it yeah that sounds really simple doesn't it I know when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't feel like that <laughs> but you know if something breaks and you know even just simple things like you know we have a kind of you know a, a maintenance fund for like you know we just put a bit of money in every month so like when stuff breaks I don't freak out about it it's going to mean I can't fix it it's like oh well you know we need new tyres fine that comes out of that or you know the boiler's broken okay fine you know let's pay for the plumber and I mean that's one really simple example but it means that it never turns into a, a catastrophe hmm. yeah no I think that's that's so, good advice definitely as you say really that walking away and coming back when the emotion's yeah, and gone for help. And help. Yeah. Yeah, and asking for help, you know, that's why you have friends or, you know, business colleagues or pe- and I look, I have there are different people I will phone about different disasters. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, everyone has their little list of people like, right, this is the person I'm going to phone if I just need someone to tell me I'm awesome because I'm having a bad day, right? <laughs> and this is the person I'll see if they've got 10 minutes for a chat if I just need them to put their practical head on and tell me to stop being so emotional. Or this is the person, you know, yeah. it's good to have different people that you can call on. Um, that you, you, no, we all know what they're going to say before they say it, but we want them to say it to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why we phone them. We want them to, you know, tell us we're just being silly or, you know, tell us that that's not important and this is and that. You know, whatever, and and no, and you know, and you almost know what they're going to tell you before they tell you. You just kind of want them to tell you because telling yourself never seems to work quite so well. No, <laughs> it's when you disagree with them that it doesn't work either. Hang on, you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> so flipping it then, if you think about a day when you end the day knowing you've had the chance to live more, and that's where I talk about doing the stuff that you want to do, not the stuff that you yeah. need to do or you feel you should do. What have you done? What's that day look like? Well, ideally, it's going to involve a beach for me, I'll be honest. Ideally, it's a day where I've been outside, I've been with my kids. Some of the best days for me are the days where I actually haven't done, in inverted commas, any work, but I get back to a message of like, I've just read your book, or, you know, your talk this week was brilliant, um, you know, or a Facebook message going, oh, I've just read this, or I've just listened to this, or I've done something. So, the best days for me is where I, I know that my contribution is like out there in the world. Like my my message, my ideas, my my value is being consumed without me having to deliver it and people are getting it and they're sending me messages. So I'm getting to do the things I love to do. So I'm out probably, you know, running around on the beach or with the kids or going for a nice walk, I'm on holiday, I'm away. And I know that even when I'm not there, 
I'm still helping people with their thing. Mm. That's what the best days are like for me. Obviously, you have to spend some days making those things, so you can have those days. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, you know, that's that's what that's what gets you through those days where you're like, oh, please don't make me edit my book another time, or mm-hmm. you know, recording videos and all the text going wrong, and you're having a bit of a swear fest and all that kind of stuff. It's like the days where you get to just go and be you and do that and know that you you're still helping people. Mm. They're the best days. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, as you say that those days do need effort to get to, but um, the the you know there is that sort of balance that payoff. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Okay. The other good days when you get sent your royalty check. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those ones too. Excellent. <laughs> those ones too. Yeah, let's not forget the getting paid part. As well. <laughs> <laughs> so I've really enjoyed talking to you today, Lucy. Not surprisingly, I knew it was going to be a, a great interview. How can people find out more about you and connect with you? Um, the best place to go, actually, is my books website, which is findyourthingbook.com. And there you can, there's articles, and you can read the first chapter for free and have a nose around and see what I think about things. And there's a contact form there as well, so that's the best way um, to get in contact with me. I know that will come straight into my inbox. Brilliant. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Are you a home-based coach or consultant feeling like you need a bit of help? Our Power to Live More Calm membership is designed to meet you where you're at with the help you need in the moment so you can get unstuck, move forwards and get stuff done. You might think this sounds too good to be true or maybe wondering how it would fit with how you work and run your business. Why not have a no-obligation chat with Jo to see how she can help you? All you need to do is go to powertolivemore.com Slash calm call. Use your power to live more.